0: You're listening to Back to the Light with J.D. Rieger, Episode 3 Valuing Oneself. Hello good morning. It's actually morning as I record this, but also good afternoon, good evening. Uh, whatever time you're listening to this. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to episode three of my new podcast, Back to the Light. I've got kind of a big show planned uh, this week. Uh, we're going to have a group discussion about valuing oneself as an artist. and um, by that I mostly mean you know, how we determine our financial worth, but we're also going to touch on issues of self-esteem and, uh, you know, labor disputes, and uh, all kinds of things. And after that, we're going to listen to a couple of songs from an album of mine that has been on the shelf for about a year now, and uh, maybe we'll talk about why. And, yeah, so um, we got a lot to get to, but before we do that, I thought we'd go ahead and knock this commercial out of the way. Oh, commercial. All right, moving on, let's get to our main discussion, which is how we determine... Our financial worth as artists. Um, I will admit I have something of a self serving reason for having this discussion. I have recently launched a Patreon page, which I discussed in the last episode, uh, to help offset the cost of my getting laid off from the record shop, but also to help me, uh, frankly, build a reliable system for supporting my creative life, which is something I've never really had before. Um, selling records is, you know, obviously hasn't worked. Uh, playing shows um, has been a thing that's helped me fill some gaps in the past, but obviously that's not an option right now. Um, I'm trying to do that with the commercials in the show, as you've just endured. Thank you. I'm also trying to do that with this Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash JD um, Like this podcast, it's an ongoing experiment. I'm still working on the benefit levels um, it makes me feel incredibly anxious and embarrassed, I, I have to tell you, to even be doing this, to be asking for financial help from my friends and family and for listeners to help me keep doing this podcast, but it, it's you know it's just my reality right now, or at least something I want to give a try. So uh, I want to thank you for indulging me, and let's get into it. The first person I'd like you to hear from today is Chicago visual artist Dylan Soule. That's Dylan, like Bob, S-O-W-L-E. You can find him at www.dylansoul.com. I've known Dylan a couple of years now, and I consider him to be the first real friend I made in Chicago. He also somehow did not lose his job at the record shop when all this shit went down, which is something I'm trying not to be resentful of. Mostly succeeding. Um, I want to start with Dylan, because as he's going to explain, a conversation we had about payment for some artistic work he did for me the logo and cover art design for this podcast in fact was another source of inspiration for doing this episode. So yeah, let's hear what he has to say. Take it away, Dylan. So I'm not a musician
1: as I imagine a lot of the other guests on this podcast are. Um, I've made music in the past. Uh, it was not very good, but I have done a fair amount of visual art within the music world, um, t-shirts, gig posters, logo designs, things like that. Um, in high school I would be doing drawings and I had a lot of friends who were in bands and they would ask me like, Oh, can we, can we use that for our, for our t-shirt for our, for our poster? And I'd say, yeah, of course. Like that's awesome. I was so glad that anyone would want to put my art on a poster or a shirt. So at that point I was just giving away my work for free because it was exciting to be recognized and to be a part of something cool like that. Um, At a certain point I had people who, who weren't my immediate friends asking for, for my artwork for their stuff. And, and then it was a question of, oh, geez, like, do I, can I ask for money? Like, is that allowed? Uh, and, and how much it was baffling to me. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to, uh, address that. And it's 10 plus years later. And I still don't feel like I'm any closer to really answering the question of like how to decide what artwork is worth. Um, I mean, I, I'm definitely not a, professional artist or anything like that. Uh, I consider myself more of a, a casual artist, uh, I guess, um, it definitely helps pay the bills and, um, make up for not having a, uh, super high paying job or anything like that. Uh, but it still is a challenge to decide every time someone asks me to do work for them. Like what, what is this worth? What do I ask for? Um, there's certainly an issue of like you know self confidence there. I, I know certain people who um, you know can can just say like this is what my work is worth. If you don't want to spend that, uh, then you know for, forget it. Like I won't work for anything less. And that's great. I think that that is a totally like effective and valid method. Um, I'm certainly not like that. I, I I I can't do that. And I also like have such a desire to um, put work out there and to get work when I can, um, because I enjoy making art and it's not a a sure thing for me. So I I like taking those opportunities. Um, and I know lots of people who do work way more full-time than I do, who, who also don't really have an answer of, you know, how to, to value their own art. Um, it, it, seems like something that everybody's just making up as they go along, to be honest. Um, and it's, a you know, a balance of wanting to make work, uh, that you're happy with and also be compensated fairly. Um, it seems to me like it's always a case by case thing for me. Like a friend will ask me for, a, a poster for a show that they're playing down the street. Um, and you know, what I charge them could be vastly different from somebody who, who I don't know comes to me, um, asking for a logo for their business. Um a lot of times I definitely feel like I'm guilty of undervaluing my work, not on purpose necessarily, but just, um, you know, I think a lot of artists feel that sort of imposter syndrome of, oh, uh, like this isn't good and they're going to know that it's not good. It's not worth, you know, the time that I spent on it. Um, so battling that is, uh, is a process for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, you know, will, we'll do things cheaper, especially for friends and stuff who are, who are doing projects and interesting things that I want to be a part of and I want to help support. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, at least where I'm at right now. Um, I was just talking to JD the other day. Um, I, you know, I did some work for him and he he had told me that, you know, the rate that I gave him was, was a steal. And, uh, you know, he was, he was happy to, uh, you know, wish, wanted to do more for me. And, and th- maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe I've been, uh, undervaluing myself this whole time, but, but I don't know. It's, it, it's a learning process for sure. Um, but that being said, uh, uh, I, I will do your artwork for probably cheaper than I should. If, <laughs> if you need, uh, designs or posters or anything like that, but, uh, yeah, glad to be able to talk about this because it's definitely something I think about, um, pretty
0: frequently all right thanks homie definitely check out Dylan's work at Dylansoul.com and hire him for a steal of a prize to do some amazing artwork Um, the only issue I'll take with what he said is the part about saying he didn't feel like a real professional artist Um, the whole real professional artist versus you know casual or hobbyist whatever I think that's such a meaningless distinction to me because good is good and you know society just wants you to feel guilty about having creative ambition or something so you'll go back to work so at any rate uh pun intended you know i've i've paid way more to so-called professional artists and been way less happy with the results so for whatever that's worth um, you know everything else he said i completely agree and identify with especially the part about imposter syndrome and constantly undervaluing myself Uh, lord knows that's that's why we're here that's why we're having this debate because that's been a long you know, ongoing issue for me. Next, let's talk to my buddy Mike Fox from the Chicago band Arthur. That's Arthur with two H's, A-R-T-H-H-U-R. Arthur provides the theme song for this podcast, and they've also backed me up at a couple of shows up here in Chicago, and I've played with them. Uh, They're a really great band. Look them up on Bandcamp or Spotify or really wherever you check out new music, it should be there. Um, I haven't known Mike for quite as long as I've known Dylan, I guess, but in the short time we have worked together and gotten to know each other, I've really come to admire him, you know, not only as a songwriter and a really good guitar player, but also as an incredibly just insightful person. So I was excited to hear what Mike would have to say about this subject. So without further ado, go ahead, caller. I'm listening.
2: I think we can all agree that capitalism is a scourge on this earth and wasn't made for people who like to make art or alternatively uh maybe i'm just personally very very bad at it. um yeah I, and from like a uh from a band perspective from an art making perspective uh like i don't i don't personally like to charge like, if, if I don't have to charge, if it's a case where, like, I'm not going to lose more than, you know, $350 on an album uh, to, like, have it mastered or, or like, printed or whatever, uh, then, yeah, I'll probably, like, I'm not going to charge, like, everything that we've ever done has gone out as pay what you pay, what you want, pay what you will anyway. I think that's just kind of a, a, a fair way to do it. Cause I, like, I don't really want to put barriers up in between people and the things that I make. Um, shows are a little bit more complicated, uh, because you know, there are other people involved and if everything that we ever played was free, uh, that would, that it would almost kind of feel like, Oh, we're, we're completely cheating ourselves, but that's really only for like tour and, and gas. Um, and maybe like, like beer tickets and stuff. Uh, I like I've always been a big fan of, uh, like open source software and like anything when it comes to like right to repair, right to repair less. So actually maybe, but. Like things, the understanding like, oh, I'm contributing to a, a community here when I make art. Um, that's not necessarily, like that's obviously not the case for everybody. And if you're skilled and you're you're working hard and you've been doing this for, you know, a, a while, you should get compensated. Like you should, people, you should ask people for money for your work. Um, I just am personally, I think, a little uncomfortable with doing that. Thank you, Mike. You know, I used to feel more like
0: Mike does, and you know, maybe with age, I've come to hope for a little more. But you know, I definitely agree that there should not be barriers uh, between art and its intended audience. Uh, that's why this podcast is free. So batting third in this discussion is Memphis musician Jeremy Scott. Jeremy plays bass in the Raining Sound, which is a pretty famous and truly amazing Memphis band. Uh, fun fact: their sold-out show at Sleeping Village earlier this year, and uh, I guess it was. Uh, early March or late February was the last show that the Misses and I were able to attend, you know, just as fans before this whole mess took over and I have to say, it was a pretty good one to go out on. Uh, Jeremy also fronts his own band, the Toy Trucks Toy Trucks has a new record out called Rockets, Bells, and Poetry and it's great Uh, You can find both bands on Spotify, Amazon, and pretty much everywhere Jeremy Speak in class today
3: Hey Hey this is Jeremy Scott of uh, Raining Sound, Toy Trucks, and whatever the hell else. Uh, J.D., I'm responding to your uh, question about monetizing art, I guess, is basically the main theme of it. And how do you decide uh, to put a price on, on what you're putting out there? I think there's several layers to this onion. Um, let me see what I can get to here. Uh, first of all, I, I, I'm aware that a lot of my peers do this sort of thing for a living. I do not. I have a day gig. It pays fairly well. Uh, so, at least, well enough that I'm not reliant on um, uh, income from gigs, which I think is the main point I'm trying to make here. Uh, and, uh, and also from Bandcamp and, uh, and recordings or whatever. Uh, fortunate enough to be affiliated with a the label. Uh, they put out our Toy Trucks record and several other records, and uh, prices are kind of set. Uh There was some consultation with me, but I mean, as far as like what the vinyl would cost, what band camp would be, et cetera and uh and I pretty much go by that, but there's kind of like a um there are precedents, you know, and it's easy enough to kind of determine as far as live shows go uh it's it's tricky because I mean i'd rather make money than not make money, but then uh. Also realizing that, especially here in Memphis, it's a little tough in terms of trying to get a guarantee or anything. Uh, And the going rate at the door for years was $5, which is really, in retrospect, looking at it pretty low as far as uh, the the preparation involved on behalf of the people who are playing, how long they're playing, and, and that sort of thing. I'm also aware of the fact that you need an audience, really, uh, to be able to make some money, so I mean it's tricky. But I've been seeing the uh, covers kind of creep up a little bit over the last few years, maybe to seven dollars or even ten, which to me is fair. I think that's good. You know, I'd I'd like to see at least my bandmates make bandmates make some money. Uh, it's not so much of a deal if I'm not walking out of there rolling cash. It's like I said, you know, but. You know, it, it's a tricky thing because, I mean, art is kind of a subjective thing, but, you know, you're being asked to put a monetary value on it, and uh, and that does get kind of tricky. I don't really have any hard and fast answers. These are just, you know, general things that I go by, but, I mean, willing to make exceptions here and there, but I'm also very conscious of the fact that, you know there are other people who are more dependent on it, and you know you don't want to undercut anybody. You want to see, ideally, you want to see everybody do well, which I think is is the main point.
0: One hundred percent co-signed that last statement. Um, I definitely just want everyone to do well, and uh, I was actually once accused of contributing to devaluing the market for other musicians by playing so many free shows and benefits and whatnot. So, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that, um, and I. But I do also uh, agree on the whole that uh, you know a five dollar cover just isn't enough to cover the cost of you know two to four bands plus a sound man, and a door guy. You know, at your average show, once you break it all down, that's just not very much to go around. Um, so it's good to hear that those prices are finally going up in Memphis, uh, like it's been in other cities for years. The last person we'll turn things over to in this segment is Chicago by way of Memphis comedian Andy Fleming. Here's a fun story that most people in Memphis already know about Andy. Uh, He and I are about the same age. Uh, When we were kids, his family ran the big furniture store in town, and I would see Andy on TV in the commercials for the store that they would run. You know, these are just local commercials, but because I didn't understand the difference between local and national TV or advertising, I just assumed growing up that Andy was this internationally famous child star actor celebrity. Um, (laughs) And while that didn't turn out to be exactly true, um, he did grow up to be uh, quite an accomplished comedian here in Chicago. He was regularly appearing at the Laugh Factory and all sorts of clubs around Chicago before the shutdowns. Uh, You can hear him on podcasts. You can find him at Andy Zaster, A-N-D-Y-Z-A-S-T-E-R, on Instagram. Please welcome to the stage Mr. Andy Fleming. JD, what's up?
4: It is Andy Fleming, your fellow Memphian-turned-Chicago and middling comedian. Uh, Your question is very interesting in the comedy world because in the 70s there was a strike because Mitzi Shore at the Comedy Store wasn't paying uh, workers, comedians, enough for sets. And so they did a strike and Mitzi agreed to pay them $30 uh, per set, per showcase set, like a 10-minute set. And the interesting thing about that to me is that that's still what I get paid today to do, like, a showcase set, a tip note set, uh, if it's, like, on a weekday. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I don't know. There's there's times to... There's definitely times to, to, to take a flyer and, like, do something for free for a friend, um, you know, and then there's times to, like pay what you can to people so that you can like get an audience for some shit you're working on or something like that. Uh, and then, you know, there's times to, um, yeah, hopefully build something, get people to follow you. And, and, and then there's times when you're doing corporate gigs or something for a college, you know, they got money and you make them fucking pay you. So hopefully you try to balance it all out in the end, I guess.
0: So two things on that. Uh, number one, I'm shocked but not surprised, if that makes sense, to hear that comedians' wages at bigger clubs haven't gone up in over four decades. Uh, that's that's just crazy. Uh, two, I agree that there's a time and a place for everything. I do and will continue to do projects with friends and projects of my own, and projects for causes where I don't expect to get paid. And let me be clear, I'm not complaining. Um, not not a bit. Uh, but to, you know, to wrap this up, uh, what this Patreon at www.patreon.com slash JD and the commercials are about is trying to piece together, you know, just enough support so that I can keep making the podcast and the music, which will, you know, always be, if not free, certainly accessible. So, you know, I, I know the Patreon patreon.com slash you know, like the podcast <laughs> is a thing that has to grow over time and I'm not expecting to fully make a living off of it right away any more than I'm expecting to, you know, jump out the gate with this podcast and be the next Mark Barron. Um, but, you know, if you are liking what you hear so far and you're in a position where you can afford to contribute, you know, please consider doing so at www.patreon.com slash And that's the last I'm going to say about this episode. Thanks to my friends and colleagues for contributing to that segment. I'd like to close the show now by playing a couple of tracks off of an album I started working on the last year I lived in Memphis, which was 2017. But ultimately got derailed by moving to Chicago and, you know, all sorts of technical issues. And, you know, it was pretty much finished, but uh, just never released it's been sitting on my shelf for over a year now and while i debate um, or reopen the debate i should say what to do with a backload of uh, you know mostly finished material while also working on a bunch of new stuff i figured i could go ahead and start trickling out some of these tracks and these are two of my favorite cuts from these sessions uh, the first one is called back off which is, you know, or has been a staple of my live sets for the past few years. Uh, This version was recorded at high-low on Cleveland in Memphis uh, with Toby Vest, uh, featuring Bubba John Bonds on drums and Eric Wilson on bass. And the second song we're going to listen to after that, I'm just going to play them back-to-back, is called Hot Dog Emergency. And this one's kind of a goofy song. It's just me at home. Uh, featuring Jennifer on backing vocals, or co-lead vocals, I should say. This song was also inspired by Jennifer because, uh, you know, in kind of a fit of hunger one day, she she declared a state of hot dog emergency. So, you know, I grabbed a pen and put this to paper. So here's two songs from this unreleased album of mine. The first one is called Back Off, and the second one is Hot Dog Emergency. Please enjoy. This is how it walks This is how it always looks the
5: same. Remember what she bought. Remember how it all came tumbling. You were right. Taken a few lumps. We've taken extra time to find our way, but nothing's what it was. Nothing ever lives up to its name. You were right.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you to Dylan, Mike, Jeremy, and Andy for contributing to the show. Thanks to Arthur for the theme song. Please give to the Patreon if you can. And until next time, please take care. See ya.